Welcome back to the Vine Church podcast. Today, we're continuing our devotional study series in the book of Psalms. If you haven't already, you can find us on YouTube at the Vine Church Odium and Church Crookham. And we'd love for you to join us over there. Hi there. I'm going to share with you from Psalm 87 today. And, uh, you know, this little psalm is very innocent and very short and we can think, well, it's, it's, it's great. But actually, do you know, it's incredibly profound. It's incredibly powerful. It is actually uh, something that has spurned literature over the years and which speaks of an incredibly huge theme that runs right through the Bible. Uh, and uh, we sometimes think of uh, the Psalms as poetry, uh, but actually they're also prophecy. And here we have a fantastic example of a Psalm that is a, speaking prophetically about something that goes beyond the immediate time in which it was written and speaks to a much bigger theme than the immediate context that it was speaking about here in uh, speaking about Jerusalem. But a bit of a spoiler for you here that I'm going to say uh, that actually it's ultimately speaking about the church, the city of God, the heavenly Jerusalem. But let's read the, uh, Psalm 87. He has set his foundation on the holy mountain. The Lord loves the gates of Zion more than all the dwellings of Jacob. Glorious things are said of you, O city of God. I will record Rahab and Babylon among those who acknowledge me, Philistia too and Tyre, along with Cush. And they will say, this one was born in Zion. Indeed, of Zion, it will be said, this one and that one were born in her, and the Most High himself will establish her. The Lord will write in the register of the peoples, this one was born in Zion. As they make music, they will sing, all my fountains are in you. Now, let me tell you about a couple of pieces of literature. First of all, Augustine of Hippo wrote The City of Gods. And in that, he posited that there are two cities. There is the city of Earth, epitomized at the time by Rome, but the city of Earth immersed in worldly values, ambitions and lusts. And then there is the city of gods, which is God's city, God's people, the heavenly Jerusalem. And he said that the whole of history is basically a conflict between the city of earth and the city of God. But ultimately, the city of God will prevail. The city is an idea. The city is a vision. The city is God's plan for his universe. But this psalm can be divided into three headings, if you like. Verses one to three speak about the city as a fortress. Verses four to six speak about the city as like a mother. And then in verse seven, it finishes by saying that this city is a place from which a fountain will flow. A spring of living water will flow. So first of all, let's look at the fortress in verse one. We read that this city has a foundation which is established by God. God has laid the foundation of this city. God has founded this city. God has started and established this city in the same way that God has founded his church and established his church and built his church on his foundations. This is a city that has gates, it tells us. 
gates through which which are guarded but through which people may enter to worship and it is a city furthermore which we read in verse 2 he loves it tells us that the Lord loves the gates of Zion more than all the dwellings of Jacob so more than the other towns in Judah, such where the other shrines and so on were, such as Bethel, but actually Jerusalem is the place that he had chosen and which he loves. God loves the church and gave himself up for her. Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. We too should love what God loves with his passion. And, and it's a highly regarded city. In verse two, it says that Glorious things are said of this city. People speak highly of this city and God speaks highly of this city. It's spoken with high regard. Glorious things are said of it. Number one, because it is God's city, as we've already seen. But number two, because of the people that are in this city, which make it glorious. And in verses four to six, we read about these people of whom this city is, if you like, a mother. And these people, we've we've done the thing, haven't we? Which I can't do upside down. But you know, the whole thing of here's the here's the church, uh, here's the steeple, uh, open the doors, here's all the people. All right. So it's the people. And uh, you know, sometimes um it says here, I will make mention of it's a formal kind of declaration of those who belong to this city. A bit like when you welcome someone, you know, like a butler welcoming a visitor to a grand house and they may sort of announce, you know, I, I, I announce the arrival of whoever it is. Uh, and uh, here we have uh, this announcement. I will make mention of these people who dwell within this city. Now, the huge surprise is that the people who are in this city are the enemies of God. We read of Rahab, which was Egypt, uh, and we read of Babylon. So these are the two superpowers, Egypt and Babylon. And, and between them, like two millstones, they had crushed the people of God over the centuries. Slavery in Egypt, the Babylonians coming and uh, sacking Jerusalem and so on. And so we have these two superpowers who are now included in as inhabitants in this city, and then we read of Philistia. These are the local people who always harangued and harassed and oppressed and could not be dislodged by the people of God. The Philistines, you remember in the Judges, how we read of, say, Samson dealing with the Philistines and the, there's the temple, which he kind of crushes on top of them. But now we read that these Philistines are included in the temple of God. Uh, and then we read also of Tyre, which stands for this wealthy local nation. And then there is also Cush. Cush was Ethiopia, the distant nation. And so what we get here is a representative of all the nations of the world. The big, powerful nations, the wealthy nations, the distant nations, all, all peoples, all the Gentiles, us included, people from every race and background and tribe and tongue are included. They're named 
as residents, not only residents, but actually born in this city so that their birthright is that they belong to this city. This is their, where their citizenship is, that their identity is not in the world and in the city of the world, but their identity now is that they belong to the people of God. They belong to the city of God. They have the values of the city of God. They have the king of this city over them and they know him. It tells us that they will know him. They will acknowledge him or they will know him. This is speaking of this covenant, this new covenant that Jeremiah mentioned that they will know me from the least to the greatest. These people will know him. Uh, we read about this uh, amazingly in Isaiah chapter 19, where it tells us there that the Lord will make himself known to the Egyptians, verse 21. And in that day, they will acknowledge the Lord and they will worship the Lord and make their vows to God. And in verse 25, it says the Lord Almighty will bless them, saying, blessed be Egypt, my people, Assyria, my handiwork and Israel, my inheritance. You see, the Jews had come to think and, and rightly understood that they were the favoured people of God, that they had received the favour of God in so many ways. But then they started to think that therefore they were the favourites of God. And then some of them ended up thinking that they were the only people that God actually cared about. Whereas actually what we see here is that God cares for all nations and all peoples and all races, and he welcomes them all as citizens into his city. And it says here, it will be said of them, this one was born in Jerusalem, this one was born here. Uh, uh, so what we see is that it's not just nations generically, but it's individual people. This person, this person belongs in this city. And furthermore, it says they, it will be said of them. In other words, these citizens will be recognisable. It is said of them. You know, this person, we can tell that this person comes from this city. I, you can tell this person comes from Wales or from South Africa or from Scotland or wherever. You recognise, oh, I can tell that person comes from that city. And so we can say of the people of God, I recognise that person. They're different. They belong to a different world system. They belong to a different king. They're a citizen of a different city. They belong to him. And it speaks of this city as being like a mother. The LXX includes that word mother. And the uh, new, uh, if you take the a quote um, from uh, the NEB, it says here, Zion shall be called a mother in whom every race are born. This is a reference also to Galatians chapter four. And in Galatians four uh, and verse 26, we read in verse 25 that Hagar stands for Mount Sinai in Arabia and corresponds to the present city of Jerusalem because she is in slavery with her children. But the Jerusalem that is above is free and she is our mother. And so it's OK for us. In fact, it's biblical for us to equate this city 
the city of Jerusalem, ultimately with the heavenly city, as we read about in Hebrews chapter 12, the people of God, Mount Zion, you have come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. And in, in Revelation 21, we read of this, this city of Jerusalem coming down out of heaven. It is the people of God. We belong to this city folks. This is our identity. This is who we are. This city exists and will prevail. The church is a thing. Even during coronavirus, when we're not meeting, we are still an actual entity that exists and that will prevail because God founded us and God loves us and God is with us and God has named us as, in, as, as citizens of his city. And then finally, in verse seven, it speaks about how all my springs are in you. All my fountains are in you. The city, of course, had a river. It had a, a spring, Gihon, uh, which, which provided water for the city. And uh, here we're, we're getting an illusion. We find in Ezekiel 47 that the new temple that God will build uh, will have a river flowing out from it that will feed the nations and be the joy of the whole earth. And so we read here of this uh, fountain that the dancers and the singers will make music and they will sing this song. All my fountains are in you. Yeah, all my springs are in you, Lord. Everything, all my fulfillment is in you. I'm not looking to the worldly system. I'm not looking to Babylon. I'm not looking to the earthly city for my fulfillment or for the springs of joy. But I'm looking to you for the joy. All my fountains are in you. And so let me finish by just reminding you of some of the amazing words of that hymn, Glorious Things of Thee Are Spoken. This is a hymn written by um, Newton and John Newton, and he is speaking about the church. He's using the verses from this psalm to get most of his ideas and his heading from this psalm, Glorious Things of Thee are spoken. And he's quite clear that this city that we're reading about here is the church. And it's just a beautiful uh, poem. It's a beautiful hymn with beautiful words. In verse one, for example, it speaks about how on the rock of ages founded, what can shake thy sure repose with salvation's walls surrounded? Thou mayst smile at all thy foes. We are solid. We are secure. We are established because it's God who has built his city. In verse two, it talks about the sea, the streams of living waters springing from eternal love. Well supply thy sons and daughters and all and all fear of want remove. Who can faint while such a river ever flows their thirsts to assuage? Grace which like the Lord, the giver, never fails from age to age. And it finishes in verse, in verse five, Saviour, if of Zion's city I through grace a member am, let the world deride or pity, I will glory in thy name. Fading is the worldling's pleasure, all its boasted pomp and show, solid joys and lasting treasure, none but Zion's children know. Lord, we thank you for the words of this psalm. We pray that we might know solid joys 
and lasting treasures because we're inhabitants of your city. May we drink from your fountain. May we be founded upon your foundation. May we know you and may we be distinctive as citizens of your church. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.